The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page, and by the way, two hours today, because it's Saturday. Yes, we made it through another week, and doesn't it feel like it was like yesterday that was Monday? <laughs> <laughs> or Sunday. I don't know. The weeks just go by super fast. Um, <clears throat> I guess when you're having fun, right? Right side of the page is where we're at, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on the play button, blow up whatever device you got there. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. And uh, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel. It's Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and then also beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there. And we appreciate Michael and his team giving us a spot uh, right there on the top. Um, back to sonsoflibertymedia.com, right up on where we're streaming live, top right side of the page there, um, is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, those goes out. those go out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. Um, all the articles we have up for the day, including the morning show archive. So uh, be sure and get signed up for that and get that in your inbox at the end of your day. You'll have that stuff there. And hopefully you'll get some encouraging things. I, look, let me just say this. We have some contributors who can show you... That, that, I, I'm thinking of one particular guy. He writes on some interesting stuff that oftentimes nobody else is writing on. Sometimes that's the case. But sometimes he fails to really bring that resolve through. The information's good. Just don't be fearful. Don't be scared. Don't let people do that. I have looked at so many of these quote-unquote conservative, you know, patriot people on certain websites. And I look at their titles. And their titles are like, 
you know, just fear-mongering all over the place. And what they have to tell you is more fear-mongering. They don't have any resolve to bring to it. Um, and, and I think that's that's troubling. That's very troubling to me. I don't like, you know, I, I don't mind presenting the information, but the fact of the matter is I don't do so so people will be fearful. I do so so that people can act or at least have a clear mind about what's going on. Bring them something else into that uh, to show them. Uh, before we bring Kate on, I meant to bring this up because I, I saw this the other day. And if I think if, if we're an honest people and we'll look at what, we, what we're given in the media, we'll recognize that this whole story uh, of Israel and Hamas there, there is a point to what they're doing over there too, okay? But it's, it's a distraction for us. We need to, fo- we need to continue to focus on what's going on here. And I just want to give you just one instance. You're seeing a lot of where Hamas fake stuff, and and they do. I, I, I don't doubt that. Um, but we also heard from Israel's former Mossad agent, who said they also get involved in the propaganda as well. So it's not just on one side. And, you know, my friends who say they're on my side do enough of this with the Hamas stuff. I mean, look at this. This is the, this is the people who are the alleged hostages, detainees of Hamas. And they're being released. And, I, you know, you draw your own conclusion. You guys on the radio, you're, you won't see this, okay? So I will narrate it for you as to what's going on. But you guys on the video platforms, you make up your own mind as to what you're seeing going on here. This is their release. This is their alleged Hamas captors. Here it goes. Let's see. Let me bring this over here. Whoop. All right. So let me let me just uh, let me see if we can. I don't know. Let me bring up. Well, maybe I turned the sound off on this one. Uh, this is them. The the people in the van are the hostages. These are their captors. Oh, Tim, it's Stockholm Syndrome. Does that look like Stockholm Syndrome? They're shaking hands, giving thumbs up. Oh, this lady blows a kiss to her captor. Uh, you know, here's, who is this? Red Cross is in the midst of this with the Hamas guys. They're giving them high fives. What in the world? Do these people look like they've been traumatized? Uh, they look like they've been having pizza and popcorn, and I guess that would be a kosher pizza. Uh, popcorn, um, watching some movies, having a few drinks, right? Isn't this what this looks like to you? Maybe it's me. I don't know. Is this how you would treat people who had allegedly murdered babies and cut their heads off and shot all these people? And I don't know. Maybe you're like I am. You don't know what to believe that comes out of the news. You can't even believe it. what comes out of it here domestically, much less what's going on foreign. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I found that video so interesting because I'm sitting here going, you got to be kidding me that these people are, are doing this. It's just crazy. And then what we're told in the news. Anyway, we're not going to talk that kind of stuff today. We're going to talk something a little different. Uh, something I haven't heard, but I did a little research when Kate told me what she was going to look at uh, today. It's called German New Medicine, and we're going to be rethinking cancer in that respect. And so, as always, got to get my music filled up here. We've got Kate Shimrani. Good morning. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. How are you? No, no, I'm great, but wait a minute. Dave's here. Yes, Dave is here. 
Dave! You caught me off guard. I didn't have my music ready. Okay, so are you ready? Dave! Dave! Uh-oh. See, now I have to play this music. Dave! Come on, look at the camera. Dave! He says, hello, my fans. Not looking his best lately. He's a bit scraggy looking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you what? I fed them this morning. I fed them this morning on my table. (laughs) And when I went upstairs and came back down, because I didn't want Rafi the Chihuahua chasing them, one of them had eaten their dinner and it looked like they'd eaten all the cat food <laughs> and twice the amount and then vomited it all over my table. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so so we have... You come for dinner. So, you're so, going to be sitting at this table, Tim, when you come over. That's right, that's right. The one that's been vomited on. But we... <laughs> yeah, hopefully that thing will be sanitized. Uh, <laughs> so we have some news this week, guys. And that is, <clears throat> are you ready? A happy birthday to you. A oh, happy yeah. birthday to you. Isn't happy cool? birthday, dear Shade. <laughs> A happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we wish you a Elvis belated de- happy birthday. Thank you. Elvis is definitely <laughs> Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, I got. I want to say, uh, uh, Victoria, my children's godmother, I don't drink, but she bought me, oh, that's a really expensive bottle of single malt whiskey. I think it's called Uh-oh. Aran. And she's a single malt whiskey connoisseur. She says she only has um, one uh, single malt whiskey every Dave's bothering me every every night for five nights. No more than that. And it has medicinal purposes. Anyway, when I was off last week and I left you in the wonderful hands of Simone, I went ice skating with my youngest, who is 20. It was her 21st birthday, but she's 21 this week. And uh, and and I, I'd been I'd been having a massive detox. I'd started with the worst sore throat ever it was so painful and then that had had gone a couple of days later, copious amounts of snot, snot on snot on snot. And then came uh, herpes simplex around my nose, up my nose, the roof of my mouth. And I thought, whoa, this, what is going on? You were in those dirty bag of chips, weren't you? Yeah. No, I, I'm not <laughs> in bag of chips. And of course, I'd been rethinking everything and reading, but I'd been having huge glasses of celery juice in a morning, which is a herb. Celery is a herb. It's not a vegetable. It's a herb. And the, and what, what learn something we, new today. Yeah. So what are we told about herbs? The herbs will be your medicine. That's right. And um, so I carried on and, and I'm really, so I was feeling a bit rough and, and, and I had the decorator in <laughs> and, uh, and then poor old Dee was meant to be coming over for my birthday and she got to the airport and there was a problem, uh, a flag on her passport. So Uh-oh. she got herself, yeah, she she actually left the departure land. She was really concerned. So she didn't get here. So anyway, it was okay and it was nice and quiet. And, and I got thank you, you know, to all the people who sent me flowers. I've got lots and lots of roses and lilies. It's like a funeral parlor. <laughs> but yeah it's really nice and i'm grateful to be 58 and t- and today actually i'm starting to feel really well which is because i've had a big detox i've just done a show for the aussie cossack i don't know that any any of you freedom fighters know who the aussie cossack is in australia um he's been living in the russian consulate in australia for the last year because he was a big activist 
And now they've uh, told They're going to do a Julian Assange on him, aren't they? Yeah. So he's living for the last year in the Russian consulate. They jailed him as well for four months. So I just did a show with him and it was really good to meet him. And I'm going to get his health in order. But, you know, I began reading and and I, I always say this, what I knew 12 years ago, I knew even more 10 years ago, what I knew five years ago, I would, what I knew last week is not the same as what I know this week. And every now and again, I come, I come away and I think, wow. And so I, I try and relate everything back to what I can use as an indicator. I can use as an example. So I use like what happened in my children's lives, what happened in friends' lives. And I thought about myself. So I got sick. And then while I was um, doing the Gerson therapy, <clears throat> we did my thyroid function tests at the beginning. And it didn't have, I think, a couple of antibodies. That was it. But it was very low. My T4 was very low. And part of the therapies you have to take um, thyroid, uh, natural thyroid. But then partway through my... Uh, I. I, I couldn't get hold of the natural thyroid at first. I took loads of iodine and my thyroid gland went off the charts. I lost lots of weight because it was sucking it all up. And don't anybody, and everything we're talking about, incidentally, is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not telling anyone to go and do what I'm saying. Do your due diligence and go and see your indoctrinated doctor. Always, if you have any illness or injury or any worsening symptoms or you're taking any medication, please go discuss everything with your doctor first. So... I noticed then that I got 50 antibodies, 250 antibodies. And my practitioner, who was amazing at the Gerson therapy, um, she said, you know, it was what, what the textbook said was it was autoimmune thyroiditis. And this is what the consultant said. Well, the more I've learned now, that's not what it is at all. Antibodies are a sign of toxicity. And your body is trying to kill something and get rid of it. Is this an immune response, Kate? I just want to be clear. Yeah, these these people who say the stuff of, well, we tested this and we got an immune response. Well, that's what you're supposed to get when when you're you're when you put poison in your body. Well, not even that, but when your body's attacked in any form. If you get a splinter in your finger, do you get an, an immune response? Yeah, it swells up. You get you know white blood cells rushing to that thing. You need to get that splinter out. It needs to heal up. All that kind of stuff. So you get an immune response with that. What's the big deal in that? Yeah, I, I'm just letting everyone see that Dave is actually holding my hand. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, Mama, don't let me go early. So antibodies are a sign of toxicity. They're working with your white cells to try and clean everything up. So if you've just been injected with something, you're going to have a load of antibodies probably. So what I thought, now I had somebody who I really like give me a mouthful via a text a couple of days ago. Oh, I just listened to five minutes of an interview you did and you talked about viruses. Well, I switched it off and I wouldn't have flown so-and-so to my country and spent all that money and to, if I'd have known she believes in viruses either and I said, I don't, but these things are not natural. They're made in labs and they put them in vaccines and they breach the integrity of your body by injecting it. That's why they inject it. Kate, can I ask you something? Because I've talked with this with a friend of mine on the issue of viruses before we get to this German new medicine stuff. (laughs) But doesn't the term virus, doesn't it really lead to venom? I mean, isn't that something that we learn from artists? Maybe I'm wrong about that, but poison. poison. Yeah. So when we when when you use the term, you can use it correctly. But the way they've made us think is these little, you know, things that are floating around is trying to it's coming in here, trying to get us. 
um, that they want to label and they want to define, which they haven't actually yeah, isolated and done. So let's make the different distinction of what those so things exosomes are. and viruses look one and the same. And these exosomes come out your cell when you're toxic, engulf it. They have the uh, the the lock, and then they go down to your immune cells, and your immune cells have the key, and and then you start your detox. So I looked back to my journey my of cancer and everything else and this whole antibodies and and so I started so I had to carry on seeing an endocrinologist and these every now and again these antibodies would get more and more and more well of course they would because my body was getting stronger it was getting stronger so of late I began to think no I don't want to take natural thyroid I don't want to see the endocrinologist I need to heal this I need to get on with this so I've been doing exactly that. You would not get me to have a dirty bag of crisps anymore, potato chips. I don't eat sugar at all. I won't even, I, I'm just not having it. Um, I don't. Strikes my gifts milk. from next year going over there. Yeah, but you're going to, when you see the, the grub that's on display here, you'll, you'll be so full. You'll love oh, it. Oh, trust me. I'm going to eat it all. I'm going to eat all of it. <laughs> so so I, I've been very, very careful. And I'm really careful and sticking to what I'm doing. And we actually, Katrina and I, in the end, went somewhere for my birthday. Just I wanted to get something because I'd had the rooms decorated. And we ended up next door in a pizza place to get a coffee. And there was nothing to drink or eat really in there, nothing. And I said, I'm going to have one coffee. It was garbage food. And I ate a little bit of this stuff and ended up with heartburn. So I, I'm just not touching anything. And, I, and, you know, I'm getting really, really good and careful. And if I have something that my body doesn't like, I see pimple, little, little marks on my face. So I looked really tired. The dog's having a great time. It's bed upside down. Can you hear it? It's having a good <laughs> play with its yes. tail. Anyway, so I decided, you know what? I, I'm going to really delve even more and more and i came across so they, well I, i'm having a celery juice 32 ounces every day you have to have it on an empty stomach i'm doing a at the moment i'm doing a parasite cleanse and i'm doing it um building up to really hardcore so i had to start with the, the two capsules now i'm on uh four to six today on an empty stomach so far so good because I did a parasite cleanse as soon as I was diagnosed with cancer. My husband made it all for me. So not the chlorine dioxide. I'm doing all the things that the, the parasite cleanse, the, the um, walnut husk, all of that, the cloves. Actually, I hiccuped a little, a little while ago and I thought, oh, I can taste cloves. <laughs> now, now, is what you're doing right now, is it tied to this junior, uh, German new medicine that you're reading about? Well, it's everything, but the German new medicine is a bit mind blowing. And I'm I'm actually going to go and do the course in it. And it it's incredible. So what I did was like everything else, I was listening to a lecture and it was just mentioned, just mentioned for one minute and a big dirty mark on the screen, right where my nose. And uh, I, I just heard this mentioned. So I just researched a bit and I was like, oh, I like the look of that. So I ordered a book and I started to read it. But of course I do. Uh, I read before I go to sleep as well. And it's the best Mogadon in the world. As soon as I get like three lines in, I'm yawning feet on my, my grounding mat and I'm, I'm unconscious. <laughs> but, and I planned on reading the whole book this morning, but then TNT rang me and said, could I do this show with the Aussie Cossack directly before yours? So I'm afraid I'm going to have to go through 
But when I began to read, I was like, oh, my word. Now, I remember Todd Bottram. I think I got him on the show and he had a melanoma. And then when his melanoma came back, he was told he had three months to live and it had eaten right into the bone of his arm. He leaned over to put his seatbelt on and his, his arm snapped. And uh, so he began the Gerson therapy. He had a rod put down his arm and then he began the Gerson therapy. High dose vitamin C. Uh, he did B17 IV. He went down the, to the Gerson Institute. He uh, down in, in Mexico. He did all of it. And then they found a tertiary tumor right in the center in his brain and he had gamma knife where they knock you out for a few minutes put your head in a vice and they hit you with this gamma knife ray anyway that was i think nine eight nine years ago he's cancer free anyway all when he went nine months in for a scan of his arm there was no evidence of disease at all no cancer at all in his arm completely gone and he did the gerson therapy but it was this thing in his brain now let me tell you are you ready? Shall I shall I tell you this? Please. So this doctor, I'm going to read little snaps of the book, The Origins, to fully appreciate German new medicine. We're going to go back and look at this. The story starts with the birth of Reich Gerd Hamer in Frisia, Germany in 1935. So after his early graduation from medical school at the age of 26, after completing a master's degree in theology at the age of 22, he got married and he had some children and four children. And he began to practice already in his 20s. He demonstrated a creative mind and he patented tools to improve surgical techniques, such as a scalpel that cuts 20 times sharper than a razor blade. And it's called the Hamer scalpel. So some of you will remember that you've seen that and a new plastic surgery. Now he goes on. And the funds from these things that he invented allowed him to move his family to Italy, where he offered free medical treatment in the slums of Rome. So this is a good man. And he applied his intelligence in practical ways, demonstrating that not only as a theorist, but he was able to manifest his ideas in daily life, manifest his ideas. You need to read very carefully scripture. Everything that we think, we say, we feel, it's so incredible. That's right, yeah. So so he insisted on solid common sense to help people resolve conflict. Now today, incidentally, uh, I love the Lord is, li- Lord is My Light on Telegram. And I loved, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. That's why I've never felt sad when I got cancer. And all this time with everything that's going on. I, I feel okay with everything they've done to me because I've I've learned and the wisdom as I go along it settles me it gives me peace. Yeah, you know what, Kate? I, I was just I was doing a little uh, word study on medicine uh, in the scriptures. You know, one of the one of the passages that that I refer to people at Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Everybody knows that joyful heart is good medicine, right? But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And that term medicine there it literally means Cure or healing? Now, what we're given as "quote unquote" medicine today does the exact opposite, for the most oh, part. It, yeah, it poisons us. 
uh, but not God's medicine. God's medicine doesn't do that. And he even includes la- he even includes joy in the midst of this, that joy that's yep. in the inner man in the heart. So I just wanted to toss that out there to people. Well, that ties into what we're going to do, because don't forget, okay. what they give you stops your healing. Mm. They either yep. cut body yep. off, or they poison you, or they irradiate you. They tell you. So that sore throat that I got recently, that very sore throat, and feeling really wretched and unwell, that wasn't the sick phase. The sick phase came before. That was the healing phase. Tim never worked with animals. That stupid chihuahua has gone out the cat flap and he can't get back in. I'm just going to let him in. <laughs> See, we have live radio here, and that's because we have a, a functioning zoo going on right here. On Saturday mornings as well. So uh, Kate, Kate's gone to bring the uh, she's going to bring the cats back in. All right, here no, it's go. the Chihuahua. He's gone out the cat flap. Well, it's okay. I, I told people we have a functioning zoo here on Saturday, so it's okay. <laughs> so look, so this is what happened. So that sore throat was not my illness. That was my body starting to heal because your entire body regenerates, even your skeleton. You get a whole new one. You interrupt that process and you don't. Now, so everything progressed and he insisted on using solid common sense to resolve people in their conflicts. He was a medical visionary with his feet on the ground. I love this. All progressed normally until one day he had a traumatic incident where his son accidentally shot himself and died a few months later. Shortly after this trauma, Hamer himself was diagnosed with a testicular tumor, which was successfully treated with surgery, although he came close to dying. Now, making the connection between trauma and losing his son and subsequent disease became the turning point in Hamer's medical practice. Although it was unfortunate that his son was killed, many people may be able to live out their lives because of the observations that he made after his son's death. And this gets so interesting. His first deduction was that the trauma of losing his son was related to the onset of his cancer. And we we know that there's loads of studies that trauma can then lead to disease. We know that within a few disease. So his brilliant mind took him further. Knowing that his body is controlled by the brain. Remember, your brain is only 2% of your body weight, but uses over 30% of your calories. And it's 60% of it is, is, is fat. It has the consistency of soft butter. It has billions, trillions, trillions of nerve pathways and over 10,000 connections. It is incredible. But that brain only knows. So you think things, it has the ability to manifest a symptom in you. And how do we know that? The troops that were so terrified to go into battle would be paralyzed. The doctors could stick pins in their feet and they couldn't feel it. They wouldn't move. Psychosomatic and they were shot. Women that believe they're pregnant and they start gaining weight and having a bump and lactating. They start producing what? Yes, it's called pseudosiasis. I'm not talking about pituitary tumors. I'm not talking about any brain tumors. I'm talking about women who believe that they are pregnant and they also start secreting milk. Now, look at your dogs. When your dogs get phantom pregnancies, they start acting as though they're pregnant. So your thoughts have a profound action on your body. It tells you in scripture, tells you in scripture about your about your thoughts, about what you say about people. Oh, I tell you, I've had a valuable lesson in that. 
You know, I'm really mindful now what I say, what I do. My own little daughter, actually, she's not little. She's taller than me now. My youngest one who was doing yoga and said, look, mommy, I've grown a year ago. She's 21. Now she's grown again. She's taller than me. And she said to me, I used to be really kind of bitchy about my friends and bitching about everything. And she says, you know what? I started exercising. She's hardcore exercising and she feeds her body with organic foods, with fresh foods. Her body's a temple. She runs, she does weights, she dances, she goes to bed early. She doesn't drink. She's going off with my oldest son to Argentina for three weeks. If we can can just get some of the word of God in her, then... She's got it all, right? <laughs> well, she said to me the other day that God spoke to her. Well. I said, did he now? What did he say? Does it match the word of God? So, yeah, you know what? But So she said to me, you know what? When I started exercising, I stopped bitching. Because what does exercise do? It drives that tryptophan and serotonin, your happy hormones, your happy chemicals in your body. So, you know, that's why... You know, I look at my friend, Catherine, Katrina, as I call her, and she says, I haven't got time to be depressed because she's on the go all day. We're looking after her parents, Alistair working, walking with me, juicing, eating. She doesn't get depressed because her body, she's she's constantly active. So anyway, <clears throat> what was really interesting about this, um, he said that it was the trauma of losing his son. So knowing his body controlled his brain, he wondered how the shot or the event perceived by the brain, was communicated to an organ, to his testicles. So working with cancer patients as a head internist at the University of Munich at the time, he decided to investigate their histories as well as their brain CAT scans to see if there were any clues on how shocks cause cancer. And the answer to this intelligent question was beyond his expectations. And let me tell you, it's blown my mind. When he compared, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to tell you this. When he compared patients with the same type of cancer, he noticed a lesion in the identical spot in their brain scans. What do you make of that, Tim? So they had the same tumors, but they had the same spot on their brain scans, the same place. These lesions were in concentric circles, sometimes with sharply demarked lines. In medicine, this type of pattern is called a target lesion for obvious reasons. These lesions had been noticed by radiologists for years and disregarded as reflections made by the CAT scan machine because the rings looked too perfect to be organic. So where are they? Well, let me tell you. So he took his findings to Siemens, the manufacturers of the CAT scan machines. And he mentioned that he thought these lesions were biological. These lesions were biological. Siemens to turn investigated by taking scans in binar layers where these lesions showed up. And these lesions turned out to be three dimensional coming through the same location in each layer. So they were real. Wow. So, yeah, Siemens wrote a letter validating Hamer's discovery, which became the basis of for his first biological law, the Iron Rule of Cancer. And at the time, he thought that these lesions only applied to cancer, not realizing that they would become essential to understanding disease in general. Now, following this confirmation and relentless searching, mind 
unrolled layer after layer of patterns of disease and healing based on his meticulous study of patients. His astute, open-minded observation enabled him to to define five new biological laws, hundreds of medical insights, laying out a novel way of understanding disease and how to become well. Let me guess something. Is he also tying the gut to the brain and this is part of that kind of deal? Is that is that something well, that's going on as well? About, he's talking about when you have a trauma event, any event, it's let me read on honestly. Okay, I, sure, I'm go ahead. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm so in my neck with this and want to just I, I'm even doing a course in it. So what happened was new medicine, and pre- he presented them to the University of Tübingen for verification in 1981, everything that he'd found. And the following premises, which will be examined more closely, constitute the beginning of his work. So diseases begin with a biological shock, which creates a specific lesion in the brain and an accompanying response in the body in a primal attempt to assist the individual with the shock. Two, all diseases have two phases. If there is a resolution to the shock, the active phase and the healing phase, healing phases have been misdiagnosed as separate diseases, including inflammations and many cancers, and run their course when properly assisted. Run their course. Three, the type of shock and the subsequent location of the brain lesion determine the cell activity of the related organ or tissue where it grows or ulcerates. Four, organisms such as yeast, mycobacteria, bacteria, and possibly viruses are involved in the healing process. Of course they are. What happens when there's a dead body? All the bacteria eat it away and clean it up, don't they? Five, diseases are significant biological programs of nature comprehensive in the context of our evolution. Now he went on. And what do you think happened? Um, This is what happened. Much to his dismay, Not only did the university refuse to examine his thesis, they refused to renew his contract at the clinic unless he signed a statement that denied his findings. And in a German recording of these proceedings, a medical doctor remarked, I know Hamer's material is correct, but we cannot let it in as it will destroy medicine as we know it. 1981. And then here we encounter a wall of politics and resistance, the same that Galileo, Semmelweis, Newton and Einstein encountered. And new German medicine challenges basic premises of both mainstream and alternative. So you see, he's challenging big pharma, naturopathy and everything. To be fair, most physicians will rally against it. And when you go on, so let me get to another bit. Even in the university uh, that... Even now, the University of Tübingen has not undertaken a verification of his significantly documented findings. Despite court orders in 1986 and 1994 to do so, so they were ordered to do it and they didn't. They put him in jail. What a surprise. They jailed him. Um, In reality, incarceration, pressure to recant, removal from their profession and death is what happens to most of these people. In 1997, he was arrested and imprisoned twice for providing medical free advice to three people after his license was taken away. And then again in France for practicing medicine differently from how it's taught in the fall of 2004. Um, So he's arrested in in 2000. uh, While in jail for the second time, he continued to work and write 
And he was in, he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for medicine, even though he was in jail. He was in jail for what he knew to be true. In 2007, he was pressured to flee his home in Spain and went to Norway, where he continued to demonstrate how German new medicine can save lives. And I'm going to go on now because I want to, to run a few things. Current cancer statistics have not changed radically in decades, despite the application of billions of dollars towards research for a cure. After seeing the preliminary results of using German new medicine, this particular doctor in her practice suspects that we've been looking in the wrong direction. You don't say. Doctors using German new medicine in Europe claim to have a cure rate far above the norm. And from my experience, I assume this will only improve if we do it. Now, I look at, don't forget, Dr. Max Gerson was a German Jew. And what he said, and this is why, you know, you had to do all of the foods that you did. And those foods, incidentally, are perfect for getting rid of what we talk about as Epstein-Barr virus, which they add to vaccines. Now, going on, I, I, I'm really mind blown. I read, he talks about the biological principles. And we, we go into this book, I'm, I'll have to do a whole show on this because I've only got an hour today. But look, I came across when I was doing the Gerson therapy, I came across that metastases. Now, this is what they tell us. When you have a tumor, a little bit of the tumor breaks off a cell and it goes off and it hides. It hides from your immune cells because it's a nasty critter and it hides and it seeds and it grows another tumor somewhere else. And I read that this was just a hypothesis. There was no evidence anywhere that that's what happens. And Dr. Max Gerson discovered that as patients got sicker, the tumors grew everywhere because the body's immunity is completely destroyed and it can't rally an immune response. And it's so toxic. And then you see cancer growing everywhere. And what oncologists say is that as the cancer progresses, the cancers all look the same. They don't look different, whether they're in your lung, your brain, they all look the same. So what, rethinking metastasis, this is not what it is. And I read that that was not what it is at all. It's not what they say. It's not a cell that goes off. So when they say we're going to give you chemotherapy to mop up any cells that have gone anywhere else, that's what they tell you. That's what they tell you is to kill all fast growing cells. So if you've got any tumor cells lurking anywhere in your body, oh, my word, it's so beyond. Um, the lie is so grand. It's like the emperor's new clothes. So the concept, concept of metastases is the greatest fear that cancer, cancer patients have. They're afraid of it coming back. And that's actually when most of the deaths occur. I was going to say, it, it, you know, this is starting to make me... Yeah, this is starting to make me think of this connection between how we think and what happens to us. And the Bible tells, I mean, Jesus is very clear. He says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And he's obviously speaking uh, to certain things regarding uh, sin, but the sin nature brings on sickness and disease. I mean, that's what it, yeah. that's what it tends to bring on. So I, get, I, I, I track what you're saying. <laughs> if we're thinking a certain thing, in fact, you were talking about uh, correcting some of your sayings. I've been doing that with some of my, some of my sons because I go, man, he's just killing me. I said, don't say that. Yeah, don't say don't it. Say, he's making me, it's just making, this thing is just making me sick. Don't say that. 
quit yeah, saying it, quit right. thinking of it in that way and look towards the issue of dealing with whatever you've got to deal with, but quit saying those things and putting, you know, a block in your way of what you're doing. Yeah. And also stop saying I'm skin. I can't afford it. I haven't got any money because yep. you won't have, you won't have the Lord loves you and wants you to have a wonderful life. But if you keep saying I'm skint and fretting, Yep, that's going to bring more of that. I say it to Katrina when she says, I haven't got any money. I go, well, you haven't now. Well, I think, you said it. I, yeah, I think this is the thing that we're talking about when we see the difference between, say, David and the armies of Israel. The armies of Israel are quaking in their boots over this giant who's defiling the living God and the armies of the living God. And David's just, you know, he doesn't know any better. He's just like, God's taking care of me. I fought a bear. I fought a lion. You know, I'm Davy Crockett. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take the giant. I'm going to take him down. And he went out there in faith, believing that God would deliver him to him rather than going out there saying, well, I guess I'm just going to get pulverized. But boy, I'm going to stand for the Lord. Uh, no, that's not the way he went. He went in faith and confidence in God, not in himself, but in God, <laughs> that God would deliver the giant in his hands. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's like when we keep saying I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, you will be fat because you, your brain hears I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. So what does it do? It leads you to food. You keep thinking about food because you've got to be fat because you keep saying I'm fat, I'm fat. What you should be saying is I'm gorgeous, I'm slim, I'm toned, I'm the best version of myself. And you will be because it will lead you to that. So you've got to be really careful. But anyway, so this whole, um, you know, what he said was, so when I had this really sore throat and then the snot started, and I felt really wretched. I had some very, very vivid dreams. But what happened, and they're the same dreams, it was the same thing. I was with my ex-husband again. Uh, my children were much younger. I was I was with him. My children were in the house. And, and I kept going back and I thought, gosh, that's really odd. And it was very vivid. But when you're healing, and you've had a trauma, you will dream of that. You'll be back in the trauma. You'll dream it. It's so clever. But anyway, that's it. I've got to go into it more. So let's talk about metastasis. Um, this is what he said. He, he reframed the assumption of traveling cancer cells and postulated a new version of what happens when cancer occurs in one or more place. To begin with, he states that despite medicine's assumption, it's never been proven, that the cancer spreads through the lymph and blood vessels, there's no hard evidence of cancer cells found in these fluids. The way German new medicine views metastases is that they originate from new and separate shocks. Wow. So you've had uh, your shock and you've got your first cancer. Then you have separate shocks. And I can tell you the one thing I know about cancer patients is they're terrified my neighbor across the road, always afraid of the cancer coming back. Every bump they get, they think, oh, it's the cancer. Now, I, one of my patients goes off to see the doctor recently because she had pain in her back. And they sent her for a scan and they said, oh, you've you've got cancer, a recurrence all in your spine and your pelvis. And she's so upset. And I looked at these blood results and I said, but that's not what the blood results are telling me. They're not telling me any of that at all. Didn't make sense. And I, I was like, I'm not kind of, you see, this is what they're saying, that that's not what's going on. And I'm going to read you a little bit of that. But anyway, so he said that it was a separate shocks causing their own lesions in the brain. So think about it. Your doctor's saying, we think your cancer might have returned. So we need to send you for another scan. And those patients are terrified. 
They go for their scan. Then they've got to wait several weeks for the results. They're terrified. One of the most common situations that German New Medicine describes is shock from a cancer diagnosis, especially when it has a poor prognosis. When the doctor gives you the news, well, your cancer's here and there's no survival for what you've got. That's what they say. If you don't do this treatment, you're going to die in 18 months. We're going to, that's what they tell you. So you've already been told you've got cancer. Now you're told there's, there's no survival for what you've got. The person may fear that they're going to die, be disfigured or be disabled. And it immediately triggers a new brain lesion and tissue response. So some typical results of these intense reactions include lung tumors. Now, this is quite interesting because when I read the bit about what happens when you feel abandoned and you don't feel like you belong anywhere, and my father definitely was like that and his life and what happened. And he didn't know his real father and his upbringing was really sad. And he got bladder tumor. Then he got it in his lungs. Then it went in his spine. And I thought that followed everything. But anyway, some typical results of these intense reactions include lung tumors, fear of death, bone cancer, deep self-devaluation and kidney failure, kidney failure, fear of loss of it existence or isolation, which will be discussed in the next chapter. So these assumed metastases occur in their healing phase, not the disease phase. So they find, so, so my doctor wanted to send me for a, another bone scan after I'd already had one. I said, why? My blood results look great. I feel great. Why do I need to go for another bone scan? He said, well, you know, um, you've got really good private health care. And he said, and, um, you know, it's good to have it. We can look for it. Imagine I'd have gone for that and they'd have found anything. I might not be here today. I might have been so terrified. You know, Kate, as you're saying some of this stuff, I I was reading, uh, Tom made mention of Paul's words where he talked about Satan, you know, obviously uh, his ministers disguise themselves as angels of light. And he's talking about within the church. And he says, so it shouldn't marvel to us that Satan does the same thing. He disguised himself as an angel of light. And I'm thinking about many of these doctors that they, it seems to me, they give their mouths and their thinking right over to, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, satanic doctrine. They're going to tell you all this stuff, death, death, death. They love the death. They love to put that fear. I was talking about this before you uh, were able to, to come on. I was talking about a lot of these conservative writers. They use all of this, these titles that are clickbait. They put people in fear. They put people in anxiety and all of this other kind of stuff. Instead of saying, look, this is something that has to be dealt with, they say it as though we need to be fearful of this. We need to be scared. And I see some of these doctors, their their mouths are just the mouthpiece of of the devil yeah exactly that pharmacia and actually i had dr alia jazz on on the show on sunday and he said we didn't do anything in med school on nutrition doctors are, are finding out for themselves he says all we know we don't even know how to heal a body that's what he said he said all we know is how to recognize the symptom and apply a drug i said that's so so really it's idolatry the public are idolizing these yes people. that's exactly right yeah yep and all they don't they get taught how to recognize a symptom and apply a drug so I tell you my new line, anybody says to me, I'm a doctor, I go, no one cares. That's what I say, no one cares. And that's going to go on a T-shirt as well, because it's idolatry. And a lot of them like their idolatry. I know a wonderful doctor and he's dropped the title of doctor. Well, what um, Jesus told us to be careful about calling men certain things. Yeah, I can think of other things that Jesus tells us. <laughs> yes, <to> yes. <laughs> anyway, so look, some, some are, um, it's the healing phase. 
Some assume metastasis occur in the healing phase, for example, brain tumors and lymphomas and these growths are self-limiting and not usually dangerous because you do get benign brain tumors, except when their discovery triggers further shocks, discouragement, exhaustion, and losing the will to live. In these situations, we've unknowingly taken a positive sign and turned it into the worst news. The diagnosis of metastases often goes with being offered more chemotherapy, more radiotherapy, and surgery as the only solution. And this is when you tend to lose patients. That's exactly when they die. At the time of diagnosis, so listen to this one. Hamer cites an interesting study where 100 women with breast cancer are compared with 100 dogs, dash hounds with breast cancer, remembering that we share over 90% of the same DNA as a dog. At the time of diagnosis, none of the dogs and 2% of the women had tumours in their lungs when they were first diagnosed with breast cancer. None of the dogs um, and only 2% of the women had had tumours in their lungs. After four months, 40% of the women, but still none of the dogs, had tumours in the lungs. This is because dogs don't understand their illness. While many of the women received a fear of death shock upon hearing their diagnosis and anticipated the worst. When dogs do have lung tumours, they have picked up a fear of death shock from their frantic owners, according to German New Medicine. Animals and children are extremely affected by the adults and their owners that they are attached to. Isn't that interesting? That dog Nelly over there, he's five, not vaccinated, never gone to the vet. Uh, as soon as I found out it was her, her metal bowl that was making her eyes run, I gave her a porcelain bowl and she's good to go. Um, and it's quite interesting. Another point that Hamer makes is that cancer did not spread through the blood or lymph and be able to attach itself to dissimilar tissues and grow. Um, then we would be giving each other cancer on a regular basis through blood donations, wouldn't we? They can't scream for cancer. If people have got cancer that they don't know about all the time, because don't forget, you don't know you've got it till you feel something or it starts to interfere. What about all the blood transfusions? Otherwise, everybody would be getting it, wouldn't they? Mm, See, I'm spotting something here. (laughs) This view of metastasis is hard to consider for people immersed in your indoctrinated Rockefeller quack, quack scene medicine. So... This lady who wrote this book, my favorite example of using this premise in practice was a woman with ovarian cancer. Now, ovarian cancer is often deadly because they have their surgery and then it tends to come back. They call it a silent killer. She had finished chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and had all of her reproduction or reproductive organs removed. And she came to see them at the German New Medicine to prevent recurrence. She didn't want a recurrence. The loss of women to this cancer happens not usually during the first treatment, but when there are relapses and more treatment is needed. So she was educated. She was told all about it. She understood about being treated for the general health, all all nutrition and the joy of living and everything else. Two years later, this German new medicine doctor received a phone call from her and she shared that she had needed to go into hospital because some of her lymph glands were blocking her colon and she'd been put on intravenous fluids. 
This doctor exclaimed that she should have called me. And this lady said she didn't need to. She knew exactly what it was and it was what they predicted. And she was happy to have the healing growths and that within a week, these so-called metastases were gone. This was to the extreme surprise of her doctors who brought in students to surround her bed in Puzzlemont. Afterwards, she'd gone to Paris to celebrate. And when the doctor saw her next, she looked 10 years younger. And this doctor says, I have seen that this is what can happen when a person deeply understands the German new medicine and makes total sense to them. I understood it. I understood when I had, I never, ever, once I got rid of that stupid doctor, uh, the, uh, the oncologist, and once I want, went to see this one doctor and I thought, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, I dropped everybody. I just had six friends. I immersed myself in the Gerson therapy. I wasn't on social media. I wasn't on these chats, these support groups, which they've got for breast cancer and cancer research. You get all these women going, my onk said this, my onk said that. And it's all about their disease. That's all they're doing. They're on their morning, noon and night, getting support from other women that are going through it, that are bored with their nails and hair falling out and their breasts cut off and vomiting chemotherapy. I wouldn't go into any of it. I was just absolutely engrossed in the Gerson therapy and learning more and more and more about the whole history, reading my ex-husband's book, you know, Rosa Corey behind the green mask. I was down conspiracy hole with a snorkel and visor on, let me tell you. <laughs> so, so while I'm sitting here 12 years on, having just passed my 58th birthday, People say I don't look 58. I don't. What, what and is you don't. Age? What is age? It's what they tell you. It's what they tell you. They tell you you should be, you you know, you're a grandma. You shouldn't be having sexual relations. You should be having sex till you can no longer even get it in or up. Yeah. That's why these men in villages in Afghanistan and everywhere are siring children in their 90s. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. I, I wanted to bring this thing. I wanted to bring this up here, too. And then we're if you guys want to, uh, Kate, if you can stay with us just a couple of minutes, I'll let you finish up your final thoughts. But here's we got about 40 seconds. So I want to give this because I when you said it, I've used the term and a lot of people don't even know where it comes from. Quack. Let, let's hear where it comes from. This is from the Science History Institute. This is very interesting. Um, it says the term quack originates from quack solver or quas solver. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, a Dutch word for a seller of nostrums, medical cures of dubious and secretive origins. Uh, nostrums were the over-the-counter medications of the early modern world, available without a doctor's prescription and taken at one's own risk. Quacks during this time were unregulated practitioners, many of whom were too edu uneducated to enter physicians' guilds or too low-born to be welcomed by medical colleges. Instead, piled, they piled their trade on street corners and at county fairs, Hawking homemade remedies and loud attention-grabbing voices, hence the term quack, likening to cries to noisy ducks or geese. Bradley, be with you at three for two hours. We'll see you back here Monday, Lord willing, on 6 a.m. Hang with us, sonsoflibertymedia.com. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over. I just want to throw that out there. There's a little history for people who wonder, why do you use the term quack? And I, it just kind of hit me. I'd, I'd read this some time back, but I wanted to bring that out for people. So if you didn't learn anything, with all of Kate did, which I'm sure some of you did, uh, you learned some history there too to be thrown in the mix. So Kate, on this issue, you know, they call it German new medicine, but there's nothing really new here. Yeah. This is the stuff that you're communicating 
is stuff it sounds to me like stuff that you've already, you've learned before it's just maybe there's yeah, an expansion of, maybe of, somebody has some enlightenment there yeah professor eric arnold eric the mucusless diet he put them only onto herbs fresh fruits vegetables and let the mucus run its course well when you get a snotty nose and a sore throat what does allopathic quack medicine tell you to do they tell you to take something to to suppress all of those things to dry it up, to dry up the mucus. You need the mucus. You need it to take everything out of the body. And your throat is really sore and scratchy because it's renewing it because it had narrowed. So this is what's happening. You have to roll with it. So when they start piling you, when, when we see the inflammatory phase, and we know that inflammation is what goes before, it's, it's, an, it's a healing response. That's why it's very difficult when you get a patient with a brain tumor and that that starts to inflame for the healing response. It can kill them because it's in an enclosed cavity. But this, for me, uh, this whole, I mean, it it just goes on and on. And, you know, really, it ties in with everything that you, you get sick, but you're not really sick. You're in a healing phase from a shock, but you're having symptoms. So you go off to the, the doctor, the quack. Who, who prescribes you all of these uh, drugs to take, or you go and you have an investigation and you have a needle stuck in this thing that your body has sealed off. And then you go and you get radiated or you get a cytotoxic drugs. One of my patients um, who came to me for nutrition, she's absolutely gorgeous woman. And, uh, you know, I won't give away too much because I don't want her to be identified, but she has... Um, that worked very hard. They are very successful, very successful business herself and her husband. She, she's beautiful to look at. She's got a beautiful home. And her husband had this fluke tragic accident, which resulted in him being paralyzed. Six weeks later, she's diagnosed with um, an aggressive cancer. And <clears throat> can you imagine all her life, she she said, I just want my life back. Everything's been turned on its head for her. So she's gone down the allopathic route and all I can do is support her nutrition. And myself and Cheryl have been supporting her, Cheryl, the trichologist. And when she got onto her second round of chemo, she was so unwell. And I looked at her bloods and don't forget, I saw her bloods before she got cancer. And she wrote me, she wrote me a text and it made me, not many things make me cry, but this text actually, it it made me cry when I read it. And um, I asked her, could, could I, could I publish that? And she, she, she said things like this to me. She'd been to see the nurses and she said, the dementors want me dead. Um, on Thursday, I've got to discuss options. And she she wrote me one of the things that she'd said to the nurse and what she'd said when she'd gone in. And she said she'd got this, this nurse writing to her. She hadn't even seen her doctor. Her doctor was a virtual call, her oncologist. She doesn't even see them in person. She said, the nurse is very kind. I don't think I want any of it. She's talking about chemotherapy and radiotherapy. These people love giving you reams of authoritative technical knowledge on the disease and its progress and the means of poison and torture they will honour upon me. I know what I think. They think they are helping. 
but a forensic discussion of the terrible road ahead does not bode well with me. I'm Pollyanna, and it served me well. My childhood favourite was Little House on the Prairie by Laura Inglis Wilder. I used to walk to the library and read the first one in the sun on my steps waiting for my my friend. The brutal pragmatism is not for me. I was at university with doctors and dentists. I know their flaws as I know my own. I don't see them as gods, even though some of them, their hubris, can imply such. Sorry, I'm just thinking out loud to you, sitting with my little dogs. And then she said, they've made an appointment with me with the robotic surgeon. They made lots of excuses about not feeling the lump, so they must have all discussed it. My sister said her ground, stood her ground. She said, I can't even feel the lump anymore, but they don't want to hear about that. I wish I had your strength. I thought I did, but I think the whole thing, mind, body and spirit, if my body is being poisoned, the rest is weaker too. Do you see what she said? If her body is being poisoned, her, so is her mind yep. and her spirit. Well, that's, that's what I said. That's what I said the other week when I was, or the other month when I was talking about cleansing the body, using the juicing and stuff, and that surprise that it was clearing up my mind as well. I totally, two weeks into it, same thing. Absolutely. So this woman has made the decision. I can't tell her what to do. She's made the decision not to have any more. And, you know, I, I when I, she's very intelligent and articulate, but these are texts that she's just written to me. And they're incredible, incredible of what she's gone through. But to, to go through, you know, so to say, I'm, it doesn't bode well with me. I'm Pollyanna. She, well, she's contemplating what they're saying. So that's a good thing. She's thinking about what they're telling her. She knows what's the road ahead if she goes down there and she doesn't mm. want to go down that road. She wants to find a different road. Exactly. I'm just going to tell tell you this because this is really something else. She she has, I mean, a, a beautiful home, but she sprang to my mind with the German new medicine. She lets the nurses into her home to see her husband because he's requiring around the clock care and and slowly he's starting to recover and she she has wet hair she's very beautiful tumbling blonde hair and she's washed it and she apologizes to these nurses who didn't look the best of health because I did ask her she says, I'm so sorry, I've not managed to dry my hair yet. And this nurse said to her, I'll just cut it all off. It's all going to fall out anyway with your chemo. Don't worry about it. Just what? cut it all off. We just cut it all off and be done with it. It's oh, going to fall out grief. anyway. Yes. And I said, what? I said, the, I actually said a lot more than that. I think I said, were they fat? And she said, Yes. I said, oh, my word. So there's these nurses have come to her door for something else. And they're telling her this very beautiful woman who identifies, her, you know, she's created who she feels inside. Pollyanna, long blonde hair, very beautiful, very groomed, very slim, very fit, eats good food. She really does exercises. And she's had this massive shock where her husband's paralyzed. And her whole life, he couldn't do the business. So all of a sudden, whoomph. She's having to run a business, a house, her children, everything, everything. I mean, hats off to her. I have so much respect for her. 
And this nurse said, when she says, I'm really sorry, I've not dried my hair. I've not had time. Just cut it all off. This Talk is about a I, lack of compassion for somebody. My goodness. This is, yeah, this is a woman who who has her external appearance. It's really how she feels inside. Very beautiful. Very looked after. Her body's a temple. And they're going to, they want to cut her breasts off, burn her, poison her, irradiate her. And now she's got this fat nurse telling her to cut all her hair off. Cut all her hair off. And I just was blown away. And she's gone full cycle. She's, she got so sick after the second round. She went, I'm not doing this. But it was when she went and she said, they don't see me as a person. They're not, I, I was looking for this exact email because I, I'm going to put it in my book. And I asked her, could I have permission? It's going to be on my website. Where she actually said that that she felt invisible. She just felt like a nothing. They didn't see her. She was just part of the, sim- of the system. And that they were tormenting her. And what the nurse had said to her. Um, and, and, you know, she's saying, I just want your courage. And you see, I, I think I found it, actually. and And... She said, um, I don't think I can do another. This is after the second. It seems like it's attacking me now. She's talking about the chemotherapy. I'm quite a slight person. Six rounds is unthinkable to me. I feel like a, a dot on a scattergraph captured in amorphous aggregate patient statistic with a treatment plan targeting the amorphous mass, not the single dot. The process is like a ritual humiliation based in a public waiting room surrounded by other husks facing torture. Wow. Set set without detour. Oncologist looks like nor he nor her me doesn't she can't see the oncologist. Isn't that the most profound thing? No one interested in feeling my lump. I'm on a train that's set without detour. Well, you know, Kate, one of the things that I'm thinking of as you're as you're giving this lady's words is, you know, our constitution in the United States says there's not going to be cruel and unusual punishment. Doesn't this <clears throat> medical industry and a lot of especially with the cancer patients, doesn't it engage in cruel and unusual punishment? Often no, I mean quite often knowing whether they put it in the back of their mind or not, knowing it's not going to actually heal anybody. It's not going to bring a cure. Yeah. It's not going to. It's not going to kill their cancer. It's not going to make them better. It's going to take them to the grave. Absolutely. And so she had the humiliation of her hair starting to fall out. And Cheryl, the trichologist, anybody you know um, wants to get in touch with Cheryl, please do. Incredible. She sent me. Yeah, we've had bo- her on the show a couple of times. Uh, she sent me a box of her own products, and the soap. It's it's utterly divine. I've I've actually used it on my face. It doesn't feel dry. It takes my makeup off. It's gorgeous. She sent me hair oil, shampoo. I mean, this beautiful box arrived. Her own lip balm in a little a little globe. It actually all melted into the lid. So I've turned it the other way around, so that it then when the car gets warm, it will trickle back into the pot, and then outside it will be freezing. And but you know, she then Cheryl Cheryl helped her. And she said that it stopped because Cheryl get told her what to do. But when I read this woman's thing I started crying it was so profound I'm on a train that's set without detour and I'm actually going to publish that on on my new website and this woman has now said no and I she's so lovely and um 
you know, they're even trying to frighten her now with the title of her cancer. They're trying to terrify her. But when I heard that that nurse said, oh, just cut it all off. It's going to fall out anyway. These people are shameful. Well, let me ask you a question about this this lady here. So you say she's eating good. She's exercising. She's taking care of a lot of these things. Now, obviously, there's some stress in her life due to her husband and, and some taking on some other things like that. No, no, no. This was not just to get this straight. Okay. I can tell you now her diet was very good. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm saying. So but this wasn't an ordinary thing with her husband, Tim. I don't want to say too much because okay. I don't want to give it away. Sure. This was a man who's, who did extreme sports as a hobby. Okay, gotcha. Who ran a business, who was incredibly fit. This woman is fit and beautiful for her age. She's only a few years behind me. Doesn't look it, but she, just gorgeous. Gorgeous, everything about, just lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely woman. Her her texts are always lovely. Always lovely. And all that happened was her husband stepped back, not doing a sport, not doing anything dangerous. He stepped back and broke his neck. Wow. He didn't fall off a height. He just fell the distance to the floor, broke his neck and was paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. No one saw it coming. Now, he, he has started to, to recover. He's got feeling back, but he can't do anything. He's still bedbound. All of a sudden, this woman's life was just gone, gone. Suddenly, she's now having to run a business that he ran, and it's they are very successful people. This is a very successful business with a lot of pressure. Two boys at school, young boys, the house. All of a sudden, she had this horrific shock, and I remember sitting in front of her and she was trying to hold it all together and be jolly and be this and be that. And I could feel the pain through the screen. And she said, this little girl then came out she crumbled down and I, and I said, it's okay. It's okay. And she said, I just want my life back. And that point I knew that this was, this was her shock. So what they're now doing is they're adding to her shock and toxicity. Now, I don't know. I haven't got a, a, a crystal ball where this is going to go for her. That dog has gone back out the cat flap. Can you believe it? I don't know where this is going to go for her, but certainly I believe that the Lord always guides me and that I was on a walk. Someone had sent me that podcast. I listened and they, one sentence, they mentioned German New Medicine and my ears pricked up and I rewound it and I listened again and I ordered the book. And I started reading and all my patients, I was like, ping, 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 ping. It, everything. And it's not just cancer. And I thought, this is just incredible. This goes with nutrition. And this is where I just believe the Lord aligns everything. We're exactly where we need to be in any moment. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. In fact, oh, so th this is what I was pulling up here. I'm going to uh, let the dog in while you're on. Okay, well, <laughs> this, was, this is from Peter. Uh, this is what he says in the midst of all these things. He said, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant because your adversary, not the doctor, not the nurses, your adversary, the devil, 
as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking who, seeketh whom he may devour. And of course, look, wicked men are involved in that too. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So, look, there's suffering that takes place all over the world. There's no question about that. Um, I don't think any, at least I wouldn't say, uh, you know, I don't preach a health and wealth gospel. That's not what I preach. But I do believe that God does still heal. He still heals supernaturally. He can do that just like that, if, if that's what he wants to do. But nine times out of... God. This is the house of God. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nine times out of ten, he's using the normal means of what we consume, what he's put here for us to consume, to keep us healthy and to keep us, you know, away from sickness. He's done that. And if people go to, you know, Revelation, I think it's 21, we see the, um, or maybe 22 there, where we see the, the river that's flowing. You know, Jesus talked about himself being the water of life. We're, we're, we read about a tree that has different um, fruits every month of the year, and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Well, listen, if that's talking about heaven, why do you need healing in heaven? It's already done. We're perfect there before the Lord, right? When we see Jesus, will be as he is. That's what John says. So we don't need that then. So there's something that's going on here and now that is here that the Lord has provided. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to give the Lord credit, Yahweh. They don't want to give him credit for the things he's made, they want to give glory to the earth or the creation. They want to do a Romans 1 thing and think they're wise and they're, they're, they're idolaters. And so God lets them go into that adultery. But here at the Sons of Liberty, we give glory to God for when he heals. Look, we give glory to God even when he makes sick because does he not do that too? Acts chapter 12, we read that. King Herod stood up there. They said a voice of a God and not of a man. And what happens? An angel smacks him and he's eaten of worms. Hmm. He needed a parasite cleanse, didn't he? But it wasn't going to work because he wasn't repentant. He wasn't repentant at all. So we see all these things and we give glory to God for it. So, um, you know, when we're talking about these things, about healing, about uh, food, about medicine and things of this nature, I want the listener to understand, because we've got probably a lot of new listeners as well. I want you to understand here at the Sons of Liberty, our foundation is the scripture. And the scripture starting right in Genesis 1 tells us that God gave us what we're to eat, what we're to put in our bodies. It also tells us how we're to think. Well, you want to talk about government, the control of the mind, right? That's what that word means. The government is to be upon the shoulders of Christ. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, we're to renew our minds, right? How do we do that? By going back to the word of Christ, the word of God, the Bible. That's how we renew our minds. And if we're not doing that, well, we can expect the other. Well, Tim, other godly people have been sick too. Yes, they have. Paul, look, Paul, who had the, the ability to heal through the Spirit, was able to talk to one of the churches and say, I had to leave you know, one of my fellow ministry guys behind because he was sick. Well, Paul, why didn't you just heal him? Well, maybe it wasn't something that he was focused on in that, uh, in that manner, because I think the healings that we see in the New Testament, both by Jesus and the apostles, are to confirm the new covenant that's being preached. That's the whole point of them, is to show people the same God of the Old Testament that healed in the Old Testament, that provided for the people in the Old Testament, is the same God under the new covenant who does even more because of what his son, the Lord Jesus, has done for sinners. And um, again, our message is to call sinners to repentance, you know, and that's part of that is looking after the temple, as Kate said just a minute ago. Kate, I want to give you the final word here, and then we'll close out the show. 
Yeah, I've got Mr. Raffi on my on my lap. It's really cold here. Well, um, I'm on I'm on um, TNT tomorrow at 11 a.m. GMT talking to Scott Shara about the legal case. I just want to say what's going on. We've got we've we've heard someone in America is suing Pfizer uh, about the efficacy of the vaccine. We've got Andrew Bridgen in Parliament. <clears throat> what's actually going on here is is it's like going and saying we want to bring to justice those who ordered the guns and we want to bring to justice those who are uh, making the guns whilst the gangsters are still on the street shooting the public they're ignoring that they're still shooting oh, yeah. the public here everybody needs who is injured with a vaccine needs to go individually try and get a legal suit going after the person who is directly responsible, the nurse who injected you, go after that person legally. Because when they start getting held accountable, they'll stop. When they think they might go to jail or be sued, they'll stop. And this is what Scott Shara has done. You can't fight the whole thing. You have to fight very small battles to win a war. He has gone after the hospital and those nurses and doctors that murdered his daughter yeah scott's done that and then we of course we i shared with you dr ely and the team that we had on yesterday who's yeah, also ready to go to you know spring court you're gonna love dr ely yeah you're gonna you're gonna love him you're gonna love him a lot uh but <laughs> but those guys are doing it too and and the part of it you know he said look we would have been happy to take out you know fauci and klaus schwab and a couple of these guys but now we Ooh. want just everybody who's involved it doesn't matter if they're the, the pharmacist who's given it to you and didn't inform you, the doctor, the nurse, uh, the manufacturers, whoever it is. We want them all. And that's the way it should be. You've got to bring justice to the people to put a stop to it, to put the evil away from you, and to be a mercy to the people who are being taken advantage of. They, The people are just being led astray there. And the Bible tells us that these people are prophesying to us, guys. They are prophesying to us, just like Deuteronomy says. They prophesy to us things that will occur. And they do. Why? Because they plan them. And then they promise you a remedy, but it doesn't work. It kills you. It injures you. It does all this. And what does the Bible say? It says, you're not to fear them. I could go a little further and I could say, you're to have a rock party with them. That's what you're to do. Yeah, you're not to put them in jail. You're to end their life here so they don't do it anywhere else and send them to the judge. Let the let that Jesus under the be Rome the judge statute, as he is. Under the Rome Statute, if you kill enough people, it's genocide. And I believe the... the, the oh, we've hit that, yeah. Yeah. Is this Dr. Henry Ely? That's him, is, yep. Yeah, he, he follows me on Twitter. I follow him. He, he, he did a post one day ago, and he, he wrote a naughty word first. It begins with duck. <laughs> He wrote, duck every single person in these videos, every single person who shot these videos, every single person who aired these videos, every single person who paid for these videos, the cult of a, 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 a slow pierce. Yeah. This is a cult, remember that. Yep. And he's, he's got all the dancing nurses and doctors because they all knew it was a lie. Yeah. Oh, he's he's very straight. He's very straightforward in what he says. He doesn't miss words. Yeah, well, I've been, this is why him and I will get on because... <laughs> He must see my. He must see that I'm constantly writing. <laughs> well, they must, do this. Must end up in his stuff. He must see that I'm constantly saying, "No, I've even said it today. You need to go after the individual nurse, because I'll tell you, 
anything happens to anybody that I know and love, I'll be I'll be seeking who injected it. And when I found them, that's right. That's how you do it. So yep. people need to do this because it will stop the the hospitals. Uh, you've got. I interviewed um, a journalist from um, Mario Lamo from uh, Colombia, from Bogota on Wednesday about the HPV vaccine. And they had a thousand girls in Bogota at different schools, a thousand in total that were told, line up, roll your sleeve up, and they're injected. No informed consent, nothing. That Loads of them were injected, more than that. But a thousand of them ended up having static epilepticus, seizures. They can't go to school anymore. Remember their family, they're needing loads of medical treatment. A thousand, it was all in the press. Is this the they COVID got, shot or is this the, the their number this of- the other, HPV shot. HPV, okay. Now- People are being distracted with the HPV, uh, with the COVID shot, the COVID shot. It's all shots, all shots. They took an entire generation of women in Africa of childbearing age, that was teenage girls and up, and they gave them five tetanus doses. And inside that tetanus dose, it had anti-chorionic gonadotrophin. So every time any of those girls got pregnant, they miscarried. It sterilized them. Who was behind all that? The same people. And the doctor who spoke about it in 2020, it was the nuns down there who collected these vials and the Catholic Church, and they found it. Now, this particular doctor, this obstetrician in 2020 said, when they are finished with Africa, they're coming for you next. They killed him. He died in 2020. Wow. After making that. They've come at you with the HPV vaccine. They're rolling it out now. They're doing it boys and girls, even though it was the most deadly vaccine ever made. Now they're making a vaccine for Epstein-Barr. Are you kidding me? They make the Epstein-Barr. GlaxoSmithKline have just come up with another, another vaccine that they're going to make. Oh, my gosh, I was reading it. GlaxoSmithKline on Reuters says the RSV vaccine revenue to top £1 billion in the first year. The CEO, she looks demonic. GlaxoSmithKline, I'm just going to, I can't believe I didn't mention this to you at the start of the show. I should have done. Too busy rattling on um, because I'm just sending this to you now, Tim, so you can put it on your website. It's on Reuters. So they're going to make a billion in their first year. And... They shit. This is for a, a, a RSV is a leading cause of pneumonia in toddlers and the elderly. Toddlers and the elderly do not have very many mannose binding lectins in their liver. So when your first line of defense, when you get pneumonia, is your body has those. They don't have very many. They're very old and they're very young. And after a couple of days, your T lymphocytes kick in and start to heal you. So they're saying it's caused by a virus. So we know that's a lie straight away. And they've got a vaccine for it. And it's going to make a billion pounds in its first year. How many vaccines do they want to put into the children and the elderly? It's just killing them. If you haven't worked it out by now, this is the devil's agenda. This is satanic. It's a genocide. It's to sully everything the Lord has created. And remember, the devil is the prince of air. What does he travel? Through? What travels through air when people talk about the Antichrist? What travels through air? EMFs. EMFs. 
This is your antichrist, the technology, the EMFs. The EMFs are the, the um, that's, that's the gun. That's the kicker. That's why in the UK, they're going to hit you with 10 watts, 10 watts, 24 hours a day when the safety figure is one, one milliwatt for six minutes. They're going to hit you with 10,000 that. They've already loaded you up with all these parasites, fungus, mold, all these different chemicals. They've loaded your body up since you were a baby. And now what do we know about what we call viruses, fungus, mold, bacteria? They proliferate under the action of 5G. That is the gun. That's why they had to lay it all in that first lockdown. Yeah. Is the trigger. And when people get their heads around that and they see that all these ULES cameras are direct, they, they, they can shoot you with that. People say I'm stupid. I've not been wrong on any of it. People need to know that it's the 5G, the ULES cameras, that's your mm. prison. You. They don't want you young. They don't want you old. They want worker. Yep. Worker beats only. Yeah. So people need to get back to what's the answer? Everyone's going, well, what's the answer? What's the answer? The way to the father is through the son. That's right. Come on. It's yeah, no, that's it. That's exactly right. The way to the father is through the son. And this and things that we've talked about are a part of, um, you know, repentance that we're talking about. Now, you know, with Antichrist, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I want to just clarify, though, if people want to understand who Antichrist is, look at First and Second John. You'll see it. It's a person who rejects that God came in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And John is very clear about that. If you reject that, you're an Antichrist. I don't care if you call yourself a Jew, a Muslim, a Buddhist, yeah. a Hindu. I don't care if you say you That's love I mean. Jesus. They're all you using believe- these. Yeah. Everybody's all the time yep. i went to a restaurant couples they don't talk they're just on this yeah yeah i you have to put those things away <laughs> got to put them away yeah i i put mine you know I, I i go for walks i don't take them if i'm on my own i take them and i listen to podcasts or i listen to scripture um i've taken to shout i i do psalm 23 every time anything bothers me i was out shopping and i thought oh should i get that so but, and i thought why am i feeling that yeah i should get it because i need it so then I just said Psalm 23, and then I felt fine. I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, yeah, you set your mind on those things above, not on things of the earth. And that doesn't mean, you know, I, I used to hear those people say it, and I think Bradley has spoken about it too. Uh, people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Well, no, the only people who are earthly good are heavenly minded. Uh, if you don't have the mind of Christ, how are you to be good for your fellow man? How are you to give them those things that are the mind of Christ? And I, I do think some of the stuff that we talk, many of the things that we talk about here on Saturday, especially, tie right into where we're being attacked. And we're being attacked because we're, we're, we're without knowledge on some of these things, Kate. That, and I've told you, I, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty straightforward about this. I had certain intuitions as a dad of many years and of many children and stuff like this. But, you know, I've learned things. A lot of the things got in my head. I've got it there. I understand it. And then as I started to put those things in practice, I started to know them by experience. And I think the same thing happens with many people who hear the Word of God. They they know God. They may know some Scripture. They, they've got a certain worldview that they've got. But as far as practicing it, uh, they've been a little deficient in that. And again, this is where real repentance and real faith comes in, is it brings that and makes it a reality in our life. And that's not just dealing with health issues. That's dealing with spiritual issues. That's dealing with relationships. That's dealing with all this stuff. So I appreciate you coming on again. We're going into our fourth year. Can you believe it's been four years? Four years. Yeah, that we've been doing this. That they. Works. 
Yeah, they kick, they've kicked you off all these things. I, I'm so glad in God's providence that you were willing to come on and we could do this because I, I know for me, I've learned a lot. It's really benefited my health. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I, I learn every week because I have to think, what am I going to do? Just to let everybody know. Tim will text me and go, what we're we talking about tomorrow. And I go, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll get it on Saturday morning most of the time. Sometimes we get a, a, an actual opportunity to talk during the week, but Kate is busy with a lot of patients and things. So well, it's I, I, and you know what? I, I, I'm because of being on your show, Tim, and, you know, really giving me, giving me the confidence as well, being so much. And, you know, I got the opportunity on TNT. I've had to buy earpieces with a little bit so I look like a bodyguard <laughs> to do it all. I've got a green screen coming. <laughs> oh, I'm actually getting a room that's going to be a podcast room. Oh, my word. Um, so, you know, I get asked on other shows. So I did a TNT show last night for someone else. I've just done the Aussie Cossack. And, uh, and it was the guy who owns the whole station said, get Kate to come on his show. And, you know, for me, this is wonderful because they they uh, they like what I'm doing. And when he came on the show, uh, he had to talk to me last week before my show. And he rang me up and he said, oh, I just want to let you know, my wife said she loves your show. This is the guy who owns TNT. They're live on YouTube now. Um, they've moved on to, to visual. It's kind of slick. And I'm really proud to be on something new. He worked in, I think, TV for 40 years. And everybody is on there trying to do it and he wants it really pro. And so, you know, I, I, I'm i really grateful for all these. I'm grateful to be on Unity News on a Wednesday night. This is where I interviewed Mario Lamo. And now they're looking for a second slot for me on TNT. So I, I have just met the most amazing people. And a lot of the people that I met, they were for a time and they went. Um, people come in, in and out your life. But from the beginning, I met you. I met uh, a wonderful man called Andrew. I met Mark. Still, I met Dee. Well, I met Dee before any of this. And I love her. She's like my, my, my sister. And I've met lots of different people that have sort of turned into a core group. And Stuart Wilkie. I wouldn't know Stuart. What an incredible man he is, and an Olympian yeah, and as well. Isn't it great how the Lord has worked in the midst of all this? I, I, we talk about that silver line in the comments. By the way, uh, D, they, they, I bought. I, I wanted to support her a little bit, so I bought some of her, her CBD oil. Now, this is what they sent me was this stuff right here. I don't know if you can even read that. Da, 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 that that one. stuff works because my daughter. Yeah, so I tried that one. Studying and she's been using it, and all her anxiety went. But they sent me the wrong one. So, so D said, "I'm going to send you that." I said, "No, no, no. I just wanted to support you. I know, you know, she she's doing a lot of stuff, but she sent me this. So I started this this morning. Ugh. This is the black seed CBD oil. Now I got to tell you, this has a hint of oregano in it. I was like, "Oh, what is that?" It's got a hint of it, not a lot, because I got oregano oil, and all you need is a, a drop will do you. Let me put it that way. It'll make your uh, yeah, face fold inside I out. I drop it on ticks. <laughs> I, I try to put it up under my tongue, but it ends up everywhere else. Anyway, great stuff. And if you want to support Dave, I, I, I've got that up here, too. You can go to mywaycbd.com, use brown code. You'll save 20%. She jacked the uh, discount up a little bit, so sh you can save 20%. I think over the... Black Friday and uh, Cyber Monday thing, she had like 40%. I wanted to get another yeah, please, bottle please of this black seed, but I couldn't she, do it. She's getting really persecuted just now. 
Yeah, yeah well, but she's she's bank accounts down everywhere. Yeah, she was telling me that she's provided things that are actually helpful. And I got to tell you, people, if you're if you're scared about cannabis, if you're scared about hemp, CBD, all this stuff, let me tell you something. The only reason you're scared about that stuff is because. They've told you. Big Pharma and government have joined hands in that. If you go back and look even in American history, you'll find out they they banned cannabis like in the 1930s. And then the Supreme Court ruled it was unconstitutional. So what did they do? They went back and they dumped it in with all their manufactured drugs. And that's the difference. Drugs are manufactured. Healing medicines, foods, and all that are grown. That's the difference between them. And they went back and they did that, and they dumped they dumped the hemp and the cannabis and everything in with controlled substances. And so this is where you get into this is where you get into an issue where you've got to determine what is God's law said and what does man's law say. And don't buy man's fear tactics because man's fear tactics will lead you to the grave. That's that's it. In part, in fact, that's part of what Kate was talking about when she was talking about chemotherapy and stuff. They're going to lead you to the grave. They're going to lead you to destruction, just like Scripture says. Just like Scripture says. But the way of the Lord is narrow, but it leads to life. Kate, thank you for joining us this morning. I'm going to go ahead. The chihuahua's biting. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and close out. Hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at three for two hours today, and then get with the people of God, you know, today, tomorrow. Open up your home, you know, provide a meal, maybe read the scriptures together. Maybe you don't have a preacher in your midst, but you can at least read the scriptures. It's still the word of God. It's still powerful. Pray with them. Spur one another on to love and good works. That's what we're supposed to be about, right? And then uh, Monday morning, we'll see you 6 a.m. bright and early. Talk to you then.